Hey, welcome to the Micro Entrepreneur Podcast, The Magic of Thinking Small. I'm Julie Hall, the founder of microentrepreneur.biz and womenunlimitedworldwide.com, one of the UK's most popular women in business websites. On this podcast, my main goal is to help you with marketing, mindset, and smart business strategies to help you build a successful micro business. Listen weekly as I share with you the proven strategies and tips on how to build and grow your micro business from real micro business owners just like you. If you'd like to keep up to date with the podcast, head over to microentrepreneur.biz and sign up for our newsletter, and you'll also get a copy of my free download of the top 10 business tools that I couldn't live without. I look forward to connecting with you over there. Now, on to the show. Hey, welcome to episode 24 of Micro Entrepreneur, The Magic of Thinking Small. In this episode, I have a chat with Grace Marshall, and Grace is the author of a productivity book. Um, We had a really brilliant talk, and she's just got so many different perspectives and insights on how we can be more productive in our work. And as you'll know from my podcast last week, this is something that I've struggled a little bit with recently, but I don't always struggle with it. And I thought one of the things I would do as a lead-in to that um, podcast is just share a few things that I do do to stay productive. And hopefully you'll find them useful. So the first thing I do is something that I call time boxing. And this is where I either set a deadline um, or when I'm going to have something completed by or set a particular amount of time that I'm going to spend on a particular activity. At the moment, I'm writing a book, as you know, and what I have done is I've said, okay, on the days that I am dedicating to writing, I will write between 9.30 and 1 o'clock. Now, I will take a couple of breaks, a, you know, pee break, a coffee break, a get up and just do a move around break, but that's absolutely dedicated time that I focus on that. And when one o'clock comes, I can get up, I can go and do other things and um, and I don't have to worry about it anymore because I've put in my time. Another thing that I do is make sure that the task that I'm doing is finished. So when I'm writing, what I do is I make sure that I finish that section or not necessarily the chapter because that would be too big. But if I've got little segments within the work that I'm doing, I make sure that it's finished and it's got to a point where I don't need to say any more on that. Also, just generally in terms of ways of working, one of the things that I do and highly recommend that you do, and Grace does talk about this a little bit in the podcast, is regularly assess whether what you're doing is necessary and think about what is it serving and who is it serving. Because so often we get sucked into agreeing to do things that aren't necessarily related to our business, we don't really want to do, um, that are a pain in the ass, quite frankly, to um, just <laughs> to fit into our lives, but we feel obligated. Um, so look for, if you're in a situation like that, look for a break clause, a way that you can get out of it if it is something that you don't really want to do. Sometimes it is a matter of sticking with the commitment if you're going to be letting people down. But if it's something that really is a drag and it kind of looks like it's going to keep going on forever, find a way to be brave and man up, if you like, 
and make a graceful exit. Another policy that I have, and I again, this isn't something I do 100% of the time, but I probably do it 95% of the time, is I have a no meetings policy. And that's because I live about an hour and 20 minutes out of London. For me to come in and do a meeting in London with somebody generally will take me about, well, almost three hours travel time. And then then there's the meeting time. Even if I meet somebody um, half an hour away, I'm still wasting an hour of my really valuable work time driving somewhere when usually it can be dealt with over Skype. The only time that I ignore the no meetings policy is when I'm having a meeting that's going to serve me. So if I want some advice or I've got a meeting with a mentor or I'm meeting with a friend, um, I have my accountability partner, in those situations I do do meetings, but they are very rare, which means that I'm able to be really productive during my work day. I also do public announcements and this is my accountability piece. I think I may have mentioned this in one of the previous podcasts but because I am the queen of last minute um, I make sure that I announce when I'm going to have something done and that's either I set a webinar date I publicly announce that a course is going to be launched Um, I've done this with my book though I have decided to move back my publishing date on the book um, purely because I want to make sure it's great quality rather than fulfilling a false deadline Um, so I'm fingers crossed hoping for March but it may be April um, and uh, and then by doing that what I'm doing is actually setting the intention of when something is going to be out there and it's just a for me it's just a really powerful way of having a boss if you like which is the public at large sitting on my shoulder expecting something to be handed in to be delivered And the final thing that I do that works, does work really well for me is setting clear boundaries and then sticking to them. And those clear boundaries are around how I spend my time. So I don't work as a rule on weekends. If I do work on weekends, it's got to be in really extreme circumstances or something that is unavoidable. I also am very clear on my values. So if something doesn't fit with those values, then I will not do it. If something comes along that looks interesting but isn't critical or really important in my business and I've already got something that I'm very focused on, then I will push it back and suggest that it's perhaps something that we look at at a later date. Now, I am by no means perfect in this arena, but just doing those things really does make a big, big difference. So I hope you found that useful and I hope you enjoy the interview with Grace. We had a great time. Uh, A lot of what she said really resonated with me. So I hope you enjoy that too. Take care and have a brilliant week. Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of Micro Entrepreneur, The Magic of Thinking Small. Uh, Today with me, I have Grace Marshall. Hi, Grace. Hi, Julie. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Grace is a productivity expert. She has written a number of articles for the Women Unlimited website, and she is a coach and an Amazon bestselling author of the book. Show us your book, Grace. 
<laughs> 21 ways to manage the stuff that sucks up your time. Now, one of the things I really like about Grace and her, what, the way she talks about productivity is that she openly states that she's not naturally organized and I am so in this camp. So <laughs> any tips and advice that really help people that don't naturally make lists or don't naturally know exactly what they're going to do every day, I think is fantastic. So I'm really thrilled to have you on the show this week, Grace. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So what was it that inspired you to write the book? So it was um, it was a bit of a funny way around, actually. So being somebody who isn't naturally organized, I probably wouldn't have chosen productivity um, as my, my thing, you know, my niche. Um, so it was a niche that kind of chose me. Um, I was working as a coach with a lot of other um, people who were juggling business and family. And so too much to do, not enough time, how do I fit it all in was just the number one question, number one challenge. And people kept asking me, well, how do you do it, Grace? How do you fit it all in? So you've got two kids, you've got your business, you've got other stuff that you're involved in. How do you do it? And I got to a point where I just thought, do you know what, Grace? Just answer the question. You know? <laughs> Even if I don't feel like an expert, let's just try answering the question. And so I tried answering the question and I started coaching more and more people specifically on this kind of whole thing of, you know, going from running around like a headless chicken to feeling like, actually, let's start, you know, what, what does productivity even look like for me? What would it be like? And, um, and the more I delved into it, the more I kind of delved into that, the subject, the more I realized, actually, it's not about time management. And it's not even about just having to be really organized. It's about um, where you put your focus. It's about mm. where you put your passion and your energy and, and how you manage your mindset and your choices. And, um, and so that's kind of took me further into the, the um, area and ended up specializing in productivity. And then the book came about um, from a very random incident on Facebook where um, a friend of mine was writing um, another book as part of the series, so it's a series of 21 Ways books, and she had um, a conversation with the editor of the series, and they both had one of those days where time just went whoosh out the window. And they came up with the title, and they posted it on Facebook to say, hey, um, I bet and I know a few people who could write this, and because it was such a close match to what I do, I just commented, you know, off the cuff, oh yeah, I could do that, along with probably about half a dozen people. And then the editor called our bluff. So she said, okay, you know, if, if, you, if you're serious about doing this, then here's where you can submit a proposal. And I remember it was the last thing I did before Christmas. So it was kind of this time um, a couple of years ago where I thought, you know what, let's just do this and see what happens. And so I submitted a proposal, didn't think anything more of it. And then they got in touch in January to say, actually, we really like your proposal. Um, and can we send you the contract? So Fantastic. Kind of yeah. <laughs> so, so you get acknowledged as an expert, you get a book, and it's absolutely in the field that you want to work with. Working. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. So... What are the, you know, I mean, 21 ways is a lot, probably more time than we've got on the podcast. But for somebody that is in a situation where they're feeling overwhelmed by all the stuff that they need to do, what would what would you recommend as a starting point, as a place to get started? Okay, so I think overwhelm is something that feels really external. It feels like, like all this stuff is coming at me. But actually, overwhelm is a state that happens inside. It happens inside our head. It's how we respond to the stuff that's around us that makes that difference. And so one of the first things that I would say if you're feeling overwhelmed is do a brain dump. 
Um, so just write down you know, what's going on in my head right now. And there could be a whole load of things. There could be some really surprising things, actually. Sometimes you think it's the big stuff, but sometimes it's just the little things. It's like when you're trying to focus and you go, oh, and I still haven't you know, bought that Christmas present or whatever it is. So the first thing I'd say is do a brain dump, and then you can actually see what you're dealing with. Right. Yeah. And then decide what your priorities are from there. Yeah, and I think it's deciding you know, what, what needs my focus right now. What can I park? Yeah, that's a really good question to ask. You know, what can I park for later? Sometimes we can have a really good idea buzzing around in our head and actually there's nothing we can do about it right now but it's still taking up our attention and our energy. Um, some things, it might be a case of actually what is outside of my control? Yeah, what do I need to let go of? So for example, at the moment, um, there's so much going on about the whole VAT VAT moss, mm. VAT mess thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and... I was chatting to a client, um, talking to a client today in a session, and we were talking about how much energy you can devote and how much time actually you can devote to just worrying about the thing and chasing around all the different threads going on. And I think sometimes when you find if that's the thing that's causing the overwhelm, if there's just so much stuff that you feel is outside of your control, yeah, one of the things to ask yourself is, okay, what's within my control? What can I actually deal with? And then what's you know, outside of my control that I maybe just either need to wait and see or I need to defer to somebody else, or I just need to let go of, and you know, because there's nothing I can do about it. And what was the what was the conclusion? So I, for, for my uh, my clients, there were a couple of things that um, she could do something about. So she was kind of like, okay, this is what I've determined. I can do these two things, and then the rest of it was I'm. She had to decide to limit the amount of contact that she had with all the different forums that she was part of to say, okay, I'm just going to check in to keep, see how the conversation's going once a week and then I'm going to come away from that so that I can, you know, I've got some headspace rest, left for the rest of the, you know, my actual business. Yeah, I, I think that's really good advice because actually the thing about the, the vat moss, vat mess thing is that actually the, nobody has the answers. So no. what what we're getting in the forums and all all around everywhere is theory, supposition, um, where no one has the facts and the, the government's keeping shtum. So until, until January, which is the decision I've made, um... I think it's just worth waiting to see how the fallout actually comes about because I think until we're actually in the middle of it, nobody's going to know what the answers are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing as well with um, overwhelm is to notice the kind of thoughts that are going on in your head. Um, so you know, sometimes it's a case if you notice things like, you know, I've got to do this, I have to do this, it can put you in a place where you just feel like you're being pulled in lots of different directions and you mm. don't feel con in control. So sometimes, um, I'm a bit of a word geek, so I like playing around with language. Um, and one of the little tricks I found is if you change um, I've got to to I get to, it changes how you see things, it changes your perspective and how you feel about it as well. So for example, if it's, you know, I've got to, if, you know, for example, if I've got to go to the gym. Um, so that I can get fit. I've got to go to the gym to keep fit, to get healthy, to kind of meet my weight goals or whatever it is. That feels like a chore. It feels like a burden. Whereas even just tweaking it to, I get to go to the gym to get healthy, that makes you feel a lot better. It's mm. like, oh, that's the reason why I'm doing it. So yeah, even little tweaks like yeah, changing from I've got to to I get to can help to change our perspective on, 
on why we're doing something, but also how we feel when we do it, so we've got less resistance about it. I think that's I think that's a really good example because particularly when you're starting your own business, if you've got kids, you've got your own business, um, you've got your clients, you've got your customers, you've got to pick your kids up from school, you've got to make dinner, um, you've got to keep your spouse happy. How do you find the time to go to the gym, right? Where, yeah. where does that time come from? Yeah, so exactly. So if you just see that as like, that's another thing I've got to do, no wonder you're feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, whereas you know, if, it's a, if it's a choice, you decide, actually, why do I want to go to the gym? You know, I go to the gym because it makes me feel better about myself. Because actually, it wakes me up. And do you know what? Actually, when I've done the exercise, my brain is awake and I feel great and I come up with my best ideas, then it's not another thing to do. It's actually fuel. And you know, for a lot of people, you know, that making time for what recharges you and what gives you fuel and what helps you to feel on, on top form isn't a luxury. You know, it's, it's the thing that you need to do in order to be at your best. It's so important, Grace, because it really is so easy to burn out, yeah. as you know, when you're running your own business and um, and just allow business to become all consuming and just creating that space to uh, to look after your body, to look after your mind, to give yourself some me- a mental break as well Ooh. from everything. Right. Yeah. Um, because it's you know, it's it is one of those times, I think, you know, when you're exercising at the gym or just generally exercising where. <laughs> It just allows creativity to flow. It allows you to um, come up with things that you you know that you wouldn't normally come up with because mm-hmm. you've got that mental space. Yeah. Um, as long as you're not kind of sitting there watching the TV or whatever, <laughs> you know, just allowing it to allowing it to happen. Though I do quite like listening to podcasts. It's got to be said. Mm, um, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. I find it's quite useful multitasking. Yes. It actually takes my brain off the fact that my legs hurt. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's that whole kind of Brian Tracy rolling university thing, isn't it? You know, like um, to being able to take your education with you when you're mm. when you're doing something else. And yeah. Yeah. So it's. I agree. It's good fun. Mm. And I know that some of our podcast listeners listen to this podcast at the gym as well. So. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh, one of the things that really interested me actually was when you um, were talking in the introduction, you were talking about um, figuring out what your take on productivity was. Um, and you mentioned the importance of focus. Now, I was uh, speaking at a, con- well, I was on a panel session a couple of years ago, and one of the women uh, at the panel, at the panel said you know well how do you how do you do that how do you be a great mother how do you um do your business how do you do it all and I'm and 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 I was exactly like you I was like well it's just you have to decide what are the most important things right mm. you know if you've got a a, a value and, and I think actually a lot of this stuff is built on values anyway but if you've got a value that you don't want your child to go into childcare, it's going to be very difficult yeah. <laughs> to carve out enough space for you to be able to build a business, right? Mm. Um, but if, and if you have a value of health, then actually creating that space in your day and that prioritizing that space really does make a big difference. Mm. Absolutely. What are other things that perhaps people either miss or, yeah, that they don't do uh, because 
they can't find the time that actually might be of benefit to them if they were able to find some space. So there's um, there's a number of things that I am um, that I notice that that don't feel productive, that people don't make time for because it feels like it's wasting time, that are actually really highly productive. So recharging is one of those things. So whether that's you know going to the gym, whether that's kind of physical exercise, or even just having proper downtime. Mm. You know, where you're switching off the phone, switching off the emails and just having, you know, an hour to yourself or a day to yourself, whatever it is. Um, but the you know, other things are like, you know, just stopping and thinking. You know, often um, some of the workshops that I run in, in kind of the corporate space, you know, one of the things we talk about is having thinking time when you kind of stop working and you actually go into boss mode. And, and think about you know what's coming up and what are my strategies and which direction do I want to steer the ship in, and you know and I think it's something that we all have to do whether we run our own business or not because there there can be so many things coming at us that if we just um, work by reaction and just react to whatever's coming in or whoever's shouting the loudest you can so easily end up going round like a headless chicken and and you know, just end up trying to do trying to go fast on the hamster wheel, you know. <laughs> And so it's you know, stopping and thinking doesn't feel productive because you kind of think I've got so much to do, I, d- I need to get on with it. Why would I want to stop and think about it? But actually, stopping and thinking about it can help you to define well, what is it? Do I, do I actually need to do? What's the clarity around this? Yeah, you know, what's the definition of of the work? What level of perfect do I need to do this to? You know, do I need to do the whole shebang, or do I actually just need to go do this one thing and get it done and get it shipped, and then that's it? Um, yeah, you know, what's what is a good idea, you know, or, or just a nice shiny idea versus something that I absolutely must do? You know, what's what's going to make my life easier? So often, you know, if you stop and think about it, you can think of a different way around you know, to get the same result, but you know, with less effort. Um, you know, and, and ask yourself those questions. We don't give ourselves that time to properly stop and think sometimes, mm. and we, we just carry on with it. Um, but I think the other thing as well, and I think this is probably linked to some of the stuff you were saying around values, is um, the whole thing around guilt. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like we're always you know, feeling guilty. Um, so you know, when we're with our kids, we're feeling guilty about that email that we haven't sent. When we're um, you know, with clients, we're feeling guilty that you know, our kids are in childcare or whatever it is. And there's always something. It always feels like there's something you're neglecting. Um, and some people would will even use guilt as a thing of like I've got to get better at my productivity or my time management because I feel guilty that certain things aren't happening. And I think you know guilt is a really interesting emotion because in small doses it can point your attention to the one thing that actually isn't serving your values or mm. isn't you know honouring your values. But in large doses, all it does is it disables you. You know, it just makes you feel bad about yourself. It makes you, um, it distracts you. So have you ever noticed, um, have you ever noticed how the thing that you're feeling guilty about is never the thing you're focusing on? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, whenever you're feeling guilty, it's a distraction because you're not able to completely focus on the the thing in mind, whether that's Mm. work that you need to do or time that you're enjoying with your family. You know, you're not able to fully present and fully focused because guilt is going, you know, tapping you on the shoulder, going, "Hey, look over there," and you know, and, and that that doesn't help. That's not productive. So, what can we do in that situation? I think it's first of all, it's acknowledging it. To get okay, 
yeah, yeah, that, that's that's kind of guilt happening. But I think the other thing is to almost um, the thing about guilt is it gets us fighting time. It gets us feeling like time is the enemy. But actually, time is just so the phrase I like to use is time is just the house that you live in. You know, it's it's just the space that you have, and you choose what you fill it with. Mm. You know, and just as like me and my house might be completely different to your house because it's what I choose to fill it with. Yeah. And you know, and I think sometimes we can beat ourselves up by looking at other people and going, "Oh, but she manages to do this and this and this," and we feel guilty that we're not doing enough. But actually, it's about what matters to us. You know, uh, you know, one of the definitions I really like um, that my friend Graham Alcott uh, tweeted out the other day, he said, productivity is about making space for what matters. You know, it's not about doing lots. It's not about how much you do or how much you achieve. It's about what you make space for. Brilliant. You know, and, and, and I think well, that's one of the things with guilt. And the other thing with guilt is to start with enough. Because guilt is always telling you you don't have enough. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you're not doing enough. You don't have enough time. Yeah. And and so you know, if you start with enough, it starts to counter that. So you can start with okay, what what am I doing? You know, what do I have? What um what are my wins for this week? Rather than you know, so one of the things I I'd suggest to people to do is um you know what's on your to-do list rather than your to-do list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, start celebrating that progress. You know, so you, you, rather than like, I'm not spending enough time with my kids, let's just start with, okay, what time am I spending with them? And what do we what, do? Yeah, yeah, and what do we do? And how do we enjoy it? So, yeah. like, for example, um, November for me has been completely crazy. And, you know, I, don't, I know you, you'll understand this from a business owner's perspective. Sometimes you, if you know that there are seasons where you, your work naturally takes a dip. So, for example, December is awful for training yeah <laughs> yeah because you've know, just the whole logistics of getting 15 people in a room and the fact that people are trying to meet deadlines before the end of the year so november november becomes kind of the time when everyone tries to fit in so demand is high but also for me it makes sense to get lots of work in november so that it kind of pays for december sure and that's you know and so that's happened for me this you know this year and um, november has been twice the amount of income and twice the amount of work which is great. It's brilliant. But also it means that it's quite kind of packed. Yes. You know, and, and, yeah. And it's quite a challenge to fit it all in. And so, um, and, and also I've been doing some traveling as well. So um, one of the things I found a couple of weeks ago, I was doing a workshop in Norwich and I live in Stafford. And so go cross country is horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I realized that I'd be traveling for five hours on a train um, on a Sunday. And so that was eating into my weekend. Um, and so one of the things I did was I decided to take Friday off so that I had some time to recharge because I knew that I needed to be on top form when I got there. But also the other thing that we did was on Sunday morning, before before I had to take the train, we um, decided that as family we would go for pancake brunch. Oh, nice. So we, yeah, we took our time, we kind of had a lie-in, had some cuddles, and we went into town, um, you know, went for pancakes, really enjoyed that time together. You know, and then you know, we walked over the train station and, and the kids kind of waved me off. And, and that was lovely. And actually, yeah, those kind of moments, I think you can make magic in, in the moments. Yeah, rather than feel like, oh, well, you know, we haven't got enough time together. Actually, it only takes a couple of hours and some creative thought yeah. to make that moment really magical. Yeah. And then that sticks in your mind probably more than some of the other weekends that we've had where we've just kind of gone, oh, we've got to do this, got to do that. And yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, that's a great, I think that's a really good example because I think it is one of those challenges, particularly when you're a mother um, or a father, where, mm. you know, how do you fit it all in? And sometimes work does encroach on the weekend. And I I made a policy a, a couple of years ago that I wasn't going to work on the weekend, but inevitably there are going to be things that come up Mm. you know and just finding a way to deal with that um having different strategies is I think is really important I'm definitely going to use the pancake brunch (laughs) (laughs) because I think that's I think that's a really good idea I'd highly recommend it (laughs) so what are some habits that those of us that aren't naturally organized can employ to make sure that we're more productive okay so I think um Getting stuff out of your head is really, really important. So, I mean, my memory was always bad. So I, I think I had baby brain before I had babies. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, yeah, your brain actually, even for people who have good memories, your brain is, um, is not a great place for retaining information because it doesn't know when it needs to remind you. So that's why you might be in a really important client meeting and you start thinking, oh, I need to buy milk on the way home. You know, or you might be you know, at home and you're trying to relax and you start thinking, oh, I, you know, that email I need to send. And that's because your brain isn't a great place to retain information. And um, you know, one of the quotes that um, I really liked in David Allen's book, Getting Things Done, was your mind is for having ideas, not for holding them. So, so yeah, especially if you're a really creative ideas person, you need a way of capturing those ideas um, rather than have it kind of rattle around in your head. So um, a couple of things that I like to do in terms of habits, um, one of the habits I get into is I write everything down. So um, you know, if there's something I need to do, something somebody's nagging me on, something I need to remember, get it all down. And, and I actually use an electronic kind of to-do list app to keep it all together. But you can use a notebook in, in exactly the same way. Um, and the first thing is yeah, if you capture it out of your head, then it's safe. Um, and then you can come back to it and you can organize it and you can decide, okay, when do I need to do this? But the other thing that... Um, that I do is I also know the times when I'm most likely to be distracted. So, um, for example, uh, when I'm writing, that's when I'll come up with my best ideas. You know, when my brain is engaged in focusing on, on one thing, and especially if it's a really important thing, you know, that's when my brain comes w- with the best ideas. So I, I just keep a notebook next to me, and it's kind of like my tangent log. And so at any time I come up with an idea that's not to do with the thing I'm working on, I write it down. So it gets it out of my head that it's safe. Uh, one of my clients actually took this a step further and she had an ideas jar on her desk. So every time she comes up with an idea, she writes on a piece of paper, folds it up, puts it in the jar. And um, that means, again, it gets it out of her head so she can focus on what she's doing. But it also means that um, when it comes to the time when she can start doing some strategic planning or some creative thinking, she's got like a whole sweetie jar mm. full of ideas to dive into. And then you can kind of play with it. So I think you know, that kind of managing your headspace is, is a really important thing to do, especially when you are a creative person. But then also managing your environment as well. Um, so you were going to say something? I was going to ask what the app was that you use. Oh, yeah. the app. Um, so the app I use is called Todoist. Todoist? Um, Todoist, yeah. yeah. T-O-D-O-I-S-T. Um, and it's one of those web-based apps. So you can have it on your phone. You can have it on online, you know, wherever you go. And the thing I really like about it is that um, it captures everything, but you can also tag it with different categories. So you can create different categories. Mm. So I can say, here's all the stuff I want to look at when I'm home. 
you know, here are all the you know, emails I need to send. Here's all the writing work or the creative work. So I can start to then go, right, okay, when am I at my best during the week? You know, when's my creative space going to be? You know, then I can kind of almost go and it's almost like um, treating your, your ideas and your to-dos like a menu. So rather than like, I've got to sit down and gobble this all up in one sitting and I'm going to feel sick. You know, it's about deciding, okay, it's a menu. I'll just pick one thing. I'll take my time. I'll savor it, you know, taste it, see if I like it, um, enjoy it and let it satisfy me, see it to completion. And then I can come back and pick something else. Mm. So, um, yeah, and the thing I like about to do is, is that I can then categorize things. So I can, you know, I can say, okay, this is some creative work. This is what I need to be in that particular headspace. But also I can have some things where it's like, actually, when I'm in zombie mode, I can just have, here are all the stuff I can do when I'm in zombie mode. You know, when, you know, when you're, I don't know, it's Friday afternoon, it's two o'clock, you've just you had a really full-on week and your brain is just toast. You know, even if you have the time available, there's not much you can do you know, in terms of heavy lifting work. So even if you go, right, I've got two hours in the diary, I'm going to you know, do this amazing piece of work, actually what you'll probably end up doing is just stare at the screen or decide you need to go water the plants because your brain just hasn't got that capacity to do it. So you know, it's probably better just to go, right, okay, this is the time when I need to set aside to tackle that important piece of work. But you know, in the couple of hours I've got right now where my brain is toast, I can go do some filing. You know, I can go do some point and click stuff. I can you know, go sort out that admin. Um, and actually that's a better use of my time and better use of my energy compared to trying to kind of really just struggle on with something that might be really important, might be a really high priority, but if I haven't got the capacity to do it, there's actually nothing I can do. I'm just going to end up feeling more frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. And you were about to talk about um, managing your environment. What does that look like? Mm. So I think that's, that's the really personal thing. Um, so different people work best in different environments. Um, and I mean, like, at the moment, you can see a relatively you know, tidy um, kitchen behind me, but there are other corners that aren't tidy at all. <laughs> and you know, and that's, that's okay for me. Like, I've noticed that I'm okay with having a bit of mess and a bit of chaos, and that, that's kind of, that's fine. I have my bubble, this is my desk, and, and that I, I work fine in that. For other people, they need a bit of a clearer space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and you need to find out what works for you. Um, so I know my, one of my um, Productivity Ninja colleagues, Lee, he, um, um, he, his personality he is he likes to have things very much ordered, so he is a naturally organized person. And he found that actually working from home didn't work for him at all. Because um, there were just too many different demands and distractions. Mm, so, things that need to be cleared up, tidied up yeah, before you can even sit it. down and do the work. Exactly. So um, so he, he actually made the decision to hire an office space. And so he has a commute. He goes there. You know, he commutes by bike. It's not far. Um, you know, but he has like a very physical space for work. And that helps him to go, right, now I'm in work mode. Now I'm in home mode. But, uh, you know, you don't have to do that. I mean, that works for him. For me, it's, you know, there are certain things that help me. So, um, for example, putting, putting my contact lenses in. Um, it's something I do whenever I go out to see clients. So it's just a little thing that my body seems to have noticed, like, oh, I'm awake, I'm on now. You know, whereas if I just keep my glasses on, I don't feel as awake and I don't kind of feel as focused. Really silly, you know, but it's kind of just how my, my body's wired. And um, For other people, it might be certain 
particularly having a mug. So um, uh, my husband noticed that when he started working from home um, on a particular contract that he had, he you know it, he had to get his work cup out to help him to get into work mode. Mm. Um, and that those kind of things can help. But also then I think you know, sometimes playing around with your environment in terms of what's going to make it a really nice space for you to work in. Um, so you know, it, it can be anything from my work. So this cup is one that I bought for me because it makes me smile. Um, but you know, equally, especially if you work from home, you can be really creative. So what music do you put on? So if you're feeling really tired, um, I, I've got a couple of... Um, piece of music that I always put on when I need to have a pick-me-up because you know, in five minutes that can completely change your state. Um, what kind of food do you have around you for lunch, for snacks? So I know that left on my own devices, if I get really hungry, I'll rummage around the cupboard and I'll find crisps and chocolate and it'll taste great at the time but actually afterwards I just feel really rubbish. Yeah. So um, yeah, the, the days when I'm working from home I like to make sure I've got fruit in the fruit bowl, um, having something nice for lunch. So um, you know, one of the things I like to do sometimes in, if I've got some clear space in a weekend is do a big batch of soup and then portion it up and then it's kind of just making things easier to do. And again, it's not like, oh God, that's another thing I need to do. But it's one of those things that pays off. It helps me to, to manage my environment. And then there's other things like um, you know, knowing when you need to be really focused and doing things like turning off Twitter. <laughs> and email and Facebook and things like that yeah. um, you know because as human beings we are wired to stuff that pings and pops up yeah. so if you've got like Twitter go on in the background it is gonna you know it is gonna steal some of your attention and there yeah. are some things that you can be doing that it helps with so you know, if you're doing something really boring and actually it just helps to kind of have something else on but you know if you're trying to write an article and you're tweeting every other minute it's gonna take you forever yeah yeah I mean I recently went on a um a cull on all the pop-ups and notifications on all of my devices because I just found they were sucking me out of what I needed yeah. to be doing and uh and you know and particularly if something's feeling hard <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to allow yourself to go off in that direction. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, I'm with you there 100%, Grace. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, it's the only way I got my book written. So, because um, my, my publisher gave me a deadline, uh, and effectively, I had 40 days to write my book. And the only way I got that written was having kind of windows of time where I just completely unplugged. Mm. Um, and in fact, I used Twitter as my accountability tool. So I went on Twitter and I said, right, I'm off to write another chapter. If you see me on here in the next hour, tell me off. <laughs> <laughs> and that was great because everything's timestamped. Yes. So it gave me that accountability. And then I could come back on and say, wait, that's another yeah, game. Yeah. How, may, how many thousand words written or whatever. Yeah. 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 Celebrate those successes, particularly in book writing, as I'm discovering. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with anything that's a big job, you need to get, kind of break it down. Yeah, give, make it into those baby steps and then celebrate each step of the way. Because um, it's, it's that kind of feedback and reward that keeps you going. It's the, um, it's the same thinking as um, if you think of games. So things like Candy Crush, Angry Birds, they work because you never get the person to save the world in one fell swoop. Mm. It's always one step at a time. And you always get feedback and reward at the end of each step. Yeah. And it's the same, yeah, the same principle works. And it releases all those endorphins, doesn't it? I've, yeah. I've had to, um, I used to be a gaming addict when I was much, much younger. So I've just had to make it a policy that I can't do gaming because it's, mm -hmm. 
because I know it just sucks me straight in. <laughs> yeah, but you can use the same principles with your work and you can turn things into games, especially if things are difficult or boring. You know, making it into a game, turning it into a challenge, either, you know, giving yourself, say, okay, let's give myself 25 minutes and see how much I can get done in that time. Yeah, that can turn it into a game that can kind of get those endorphins going as well. And what the same you... with... Oh, go on. I was going to say, you mentioned Brian Tracy earlier. His, I mean, his idea of eat that frog. So the idea that if you eat a frog for breakfast, everything afterwards is going to taste sweet. And it's that whole thing of tackling the first thing. You're tackling the unpleasant thing or the thing you've been putting off. Yeah. First thing in the morning means that you set yourself up for the rest of the day. And again, that's a way of playing a game with yourself. Um, and um, in fact, a, a friend of mine the other day said, oh, I know, I could reward myself with those Freddy Frog chocolates after I've eaten my frog. <laughs> <laughs> so take the taste away. <laughs> uh, yes, doesn't quite match with the healthy eating program, yeah. but you know. Little <laughs> <laughs> bit of a treat. You know. Sure, it doesn't hurt, does <laughs> it? Um, what, are, what are some techniques that we can employ in, the way, in our way of working that's going to help us be more productive? Mm, in general? Mm. Um, so one of the things that I found really useful is to be really mindful of your energy levels. Um, so we've all got the same amount of time. Um, and yes, you can manage your time and you can schedule everything, but actually what matters more is how much energy you've got. So you during the day, during the week, depending on what else you've got in the week, your energy level is going to go up and down. Mm. And so if you're able to identify, that's my best energy level in the week. What's the most important thing I need to do? What's the one thing I need to do? And actually earmark that time or earmark that space for going, that's when I need to write that article. Or that's when I need to, you know, create that course. Um, because otherwise what happens is you get there and you think, oh, I'll just do a few emails. I'll just do that. And it's like you say, when, you, when you're dealing with something big or difficult, all of a sudden other things start vying for your attention. It's like, yeah, those plants really need watering. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, if you're able to kind of take a time. So one of the habits is having a weekly review. Mm. You're having a time when you stop and you think and you plan ahead. But also the other thing is you're being mindful of your energy levels and make, you know, making the most of those. And then, you know, and then it's kind of having times when you think about, you make decisions. So um, you're making those decisions that are more proactive rather than reactive. So what are the things that are my priorities this week instead of who's shouting loudest? Um, what am I going to say yes and no to? You know, what am I going to park for later? What am I going to delegate? What am I going to defer? You're asking yourself those questions um, puts you back in the driving seat. Um, and then you also the, the things around um, what helps me to be at my best. You know, so what, you know, when we talked about kind of exercise and recharging, you're making that part of, so not just, oh, I think about that when I stop working. It's you know, making that part of what helps you to work, what helps you to do your best work as well. One of the things I've started doing, um, and this is very recent, so, <laughs> so we'll see if I stick with it, but um, because I always feel this sort of time battle and there's never enough time for me, but also there is that guilt of, you know, I don't know, checking my emails first thing when I know I should be going straight into mm -hmm. doing the work or whatever, um, is I've decided to make 
the time up until 9.30 in the morning, my time, which mm. allows me to get the kids off to school. Yeah. Um, but it also gives me half an hour before my day really starts mm. to do all the bits and pieces that I feel I just need to clear yeah. to allow myself to get on and do things. And actually, it's been a revelation. Mm. So instead of kind of starting as soon as I got back, just giving myself that time has yeah. allowed me to get the laundry on if it needed to go on without hearing. I don't know if you know Wendy Kerr, but Wendy's like, you know, you leave your laundry when you're working. <laughs> it's not laundry time, it's work time. So I can hear her in my ear every time I stick my washing in the washing machine during work time. But it allows me to get that on. I actually have started doing a 10-minute meditation just before mm. I start, which um, is something I'd always really struggled with, to be honest. I'd always found meditation, I'd never got it. Mm -hmm. But actually, just recently, I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm just finding it really, really calming. And it's lovely. Um, and just a lot, just really sets me up beautifully for the day. And so giving that, it, that feels like a gift that I give mm -hmm. to myself before Absolutely. I start the day. And that's, um, that's been really powerful as well. Yeah, yeah. It's the sort of thing where, you know, if you imagine that you worked for your you know, this is going to be a bit weird for people who run their own business, but if you imagine you worked for your dream employer, you know, and you go into work, you know, what would you want to welcome you when you get into work? You know, would you want, you know, here's all the things you need to do, or is it, hey, come on in, have some breakfast, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> chill out, yeah, have a massage before you start. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever, yeah. It's it's an interesting thing because I think sometimes we can be our own worst taskmaster. Definitely. Yeah, and and actually the reason why employers and some of them do it better than others, but the reason why employers put things in place like a pool table, you know, or um, you know, or comfy chairs or whatever it is, is because they know that that makes a difference to the productivity, mm. because they know it makes a difference to to their well being, and because we're human beings, you know, what makes a difference to our well being will make a difference to our productivity. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and one of the things I often say to people is, you know, one of my my newest mantras, if you like, is take your time. Um, and you know, sometimes that means going slightly slower. You know, take your time means take your time, you know, to learn something because you know when you're learning things, it takes longer. Or take your time to start the day because actually, when you're grounded, when you're centered, when you've you know, had that kind of ten minute meditation, you're in a much better place to do your best work. Yeah. But also, it also means, you know, in, in other times, you know, when you find yourself kind of fapping between lots of different things and flitting around and, you know, doing that stuff where you go, I know I really ought to be doing something else, but, oh, that bin needs cleaning. You know, it's, again, it's taking back control. You know, take your time means, okay, well, this is my time. What do I choose to fill it with? Um, and, this, you know, the same thing works with when you're feeling like you're just running around trying to catch catch your tail or trying to... Um, catch up with everybody else again take your time means you stop and you do it at your own pace and you take control of how you spend your time mm, I love that yeah yeah I'm gonna make that my mantra too <laughs> <laughs> um now what about the type of person uh that takes on too much that mm -hmm. you know t you know is an ideas person Mm -hmm. like you said, and, you know, kind of just shoots off in lots of different directions. What advice would you have for that kind of person? So I think 
one of the things is, you know, that's probably, yes, it can be a weakness, but that's probably where their strength comes from as well. So if you try and shut it down completely, you either end up feeling really frustrated or, um, yeah, you just end up doing battle with yourself. And that's not... Oh, I think I love you, Grace. (laughs) (laughs) You've just given me permission to be scattered all over the place with my ideas. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's, you the thing about... So I wrote a blog post the other day that was about kind of what's your hidden strength. So in every weakness, there's a strength. Um, So if you're easily distracted by shiny things, if that's your weakness, actually your strength is that you come up with your best ideas in the most unusual places. Yeah, so seeing it the other way around means you can then start going, okay, how can I harness that Mm. rather than how can I shut it down? So if you do have ideas in completely unusual places, how can you maybe capture some of those? So it doesn't mean you have to go on and take take it on right now, but you can still capture those ideas. You can still then kind of go, okay, what do I want to do about that? Um, you know, if they if you work best when you've got that kind of novelty factor, you know, oh, suddenly it's something new. That's you know, that's where my motivation and my momentum is at, at its best. How can I create that in each stage of the project? So how you know, if if I have my if my passion is highest when I'm starting something off, but then it kind of tails off when it comes to completing or finishing it. How could I turn that completing finishing into a new thing? You know, it might be just a, a tweak in how I see things, or it might be, okay, so what if, what if um, launching that book was actually something about starting new? I mean, book launching is, is a new thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's about you know, getting me into a different space. So if I see that as a new thing, then getting the book written actually paves a way to do something new, rather than, oh, it's something older, I just need to finish it off. So yeah, if, if my strength lies within coming up with new ideas, and starting new things, if, you know, if, if I'm a catalyst, if I love starting new things, how can I turn my most critical moments into a moment of starting something new? I love it. Mm. So excited <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, it is. I think it is about kind of getting ourselves excited. Yeah. And like going, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's getting rid of the battle, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you know, em- embracing those things that actually perhaps are what make us good in our business or um, attracts people to us for whatever. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, what tools would you recommend? You you rem- you mentioned the app mm-hmm. that you use, Todoist. Are there any other apps or tools or things that you think we can use that are that are useful and helpful in terms of being more productive? So there are a couple of um, ones that I, some of my friends use. So things like, um, there are a couple of reader apps. So things like Pocket. I love um, Pocket. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Pocket. It's like where you go, oh, I want to read that, but not mm. right now. You can, exactly, you can capture it and, and save it for later. Um, and I also use it as a, um, uh, as a swipe file as well, because you can tag it. You can mm. tag different things, much like with your Todoist. Yeah. And um, so I can go back and I can find websites. I can find great articles around a topic. It's mm. brilliant. Yeah, definitely. And, and actually, talk about swipe files. Um, something I have, just two folders I have in my email um, email folder structure. One's, one's a swipe file. So when I see someone else's email, I go, oh, I like that. You know, I like the way they've done that. I'll swipe it. Um, and... Um, the other one I have is called uh, Champagne Moments. Oh. 
So whenever you get a testimonial or somebody saying thank you for doing a great piece of work, or you know, one of those moments where you go, yeah, but, you know, I did well, I did good there. <laughs> and you know, put it in a champagne moments oh, folder. Nice. Yeah. And you know, on a practical level, it means whenever you need to find testimonials, they're all there. Um, but also on a kind of motivational level, we all have days when we feel crap. When yeah. we feel like, what on earth am I doing here? You know, I'm completely rubbish, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. You know, and, and those are the days when you need to remind yourself what you're good at. And you know, that's when that folder is absolute gold dust. Mm-hmm. So you go back in there, you go, oh yeah, I did do that. And that did go well. And, and just to remind you what you do, why you do it, how well you do it. And that k- get, kicks you kind of back up into like, right, okay, let's go for it. And we all need that. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, and the other thing, um, apps-wise, it, it's not a high-tech app at all. It's, it's my camera on my phone. So um, yeah, whenever I see something, I go, oh, yeah. So Christmas shopping, for example, if you see an idea but you don't want to buy it right now, it's like take a photo. Um, uh, I was in. I remember being at a conference once, um, and I can't remember where we were now, but the but the bathroom was really nice, and. Um, <laughs> We were chatting, you know, as you do at a conference, you know, a whole bunch of ladies, you kind of go, you start talking, someone goes, oh, I love these taps, I wonder where they got them from, and they'd be great for my, um, you know, for my bathroom, we're doing our bathroom next month, I said, well, just take a photo of them, because then you've got that image, and, you know, you've got something to refer back yeah, to, yeah. Um, if you really wanted to, you could call the hotel, but, you know, generally speaking, it's just that kind of, you know, almost like how we do with Pinterest, yeah. that whole, like, I'm just going to swipe that remember it for later I do that all the time with my phone yeah good tips (laughs) it's been absolutely brilliant Grace is there anything that you would leave us with now um, in terms of helping us other than of course to buy your book uh, (laughs) and helping us with becoming more productive in our lives and in our business Okay, so on a practical level yeah there is the book Um, but there's also I send out a Monday Momentum um, newsletter every week every Monday obviously um, and oh that's another tip actually if you want to make sure things happen public accountability mm, I, I'm a big fan yeah. yeah so when I made my newsletter weekly and I called it Monday Momentum it's got to go out on a Monday yeah. and then there's there's been there's been one occasion when I went out on a Tuesday because of a bank holiday and we, we made a bit of a joke of it but other than that it happens because you've made it public Mm. Um, so yeah so you can sign up for that if you want to get a a, a short kind of short sharp sweet dose of um, inspiration once a week um, but I think the um, the thing I the thought I would probably leave you with um, oh there's so many different ones to choose from um, I think it is that take your time you know if you feel like um, if you feel like you're waiting for the right time to do something or you're waiting until you have more time I think the question is, you know, how important is it to you? So it might be, oh, I'll, I'll wait until I have more time to, then I'll have a proper rest or I'll have a proper holiday um, or I'll write, that, I'll write a book when I've got more time. You know, all those kind of things. And I think sometimes it is a case of like, actually, I'm happy to defer that because what I'm working on right now is more important and it matters more to me. And that's great. You know, I think there are, we can definitely do with saying no to more things. Mm. Um, but then if you find there's something that you keep putting off that actually would that actually really matters to you you know it matters to you because it you it would give you so much more or it's the thing that you've always wanted to do or you know, for whatever reason if it matters to you 
then take that time, take your time and make that happen because you absolutely can do it. Fantastic. So if anybody wants to find you, Grace, online, where can they find you? So I'm at grace-marshall.com. Yeah, and on Twitter, I'm at Grace Marshall as well. And remind us of the name of your book. It's uh, 21 Ways to Manage the Stuff that Sucks Up Your Time. Which is a great Christmas present. Absolutely. Get it on Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks, Grace. It's been fantastic. I've loved every minute of it. Oh, it's been so much fun. Thanks for having me, Joy. All right. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening to the Micro Entrepreneur Podcast. If you'd like to get a copy of the links mentioned, please head over to microentrepreneur.biz where you can also get a copy of my business tools that I couldn't live without. Finally, if you like the show, please do leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcast site you are listening to this from, as it really helps us with our rankings and to get the word out. Thanks so much for your support. Until next time.